Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Gentlemen, it is good to be with you for another Holy Man podcast. Um, We find ourselves in episode 29 of this semester, the season that we're in, and we've been talking about communication, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, Today, I have another great guest with me. I'm excited about this one. Um, I have Mitch Austin with me today. Mitch, it is good to have you with us on the Holy Man podcast. It is great to be here, Paul. Yeah. Mitch, and you're an... I'm not going to call you an expert at podcasting, but you at least... You know what you're doing compared to some of the other guests that I have on here because uh, you and uh, Zach, uh, another guy on our staff, you have a uh, podcast. Tell the guys about your other podcast that you do from time to time. Sweet. A little shameless plug. Well, thank you. Yeah. It is called The Fractioned Heart, and we get it from a a song during the all-in process. A song grabbed us, and it was a band called Gable Price. Yeah. And they have a song that talks about how we fraction our hearts off. Um, where we compartmentalize God and work and play and things. Mm-hmm. And as Christian men who are trying to apprentice Jesus, follow him the best that we can, our goal is to not fraction our hearts. We don't want to tithe only 10% of our heart to God. We want to give God all of it. All of it. So that's what it's about. We just have conversations and we work through things. And Yeah. Hey, yeah. did you know that my son uh, saw Gable Price the other night in yeah, concert? Yeah, and I sent him... A poop emoji. <laughs> I hope he steps in it, and I hope it stinks. And yeah. yes, and beyond that, he got to meet the guy after the concert. Uh, Gable, did he wear his headband or something? He, his, like that? he did wear his headband. Yeah. So Andrew got a little intimate with Gable. Yeah, I uh, know. I was he, your son. I mean, honestly, Gable Price seeing that band right there, I'm jealous. But he's also Isaac. We both saw Kings this summer. Uh, he's he gets to see a lot of. He does. Great artist. He's down in a good area there at college yeah. where he is, and uh, he's been to, down to Dallas. And where was this one that he went to? Omaha or something like that? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That doesn't matter. But I don't he care. travels around and sees a lot of great bands, and so good for him. Yep. Well, Mitch, tell tell the guys just to make sure that they know who you are or what you do and uh, how you're connected to me. Uh, just tell the guys a little bit about yourself, your job, your family. Your family has changed here recently, so let the guys know. That's a lot. Well. I am Mitch Austin. I am the service director here at New Life Gillette Church. Um, so that means that I am in charge of scheduling volunteers, getting the music ready, and also getting the tech ready for Sundays uh, to try to make a cohesive environment, a worshipful environment, where I try to take what I want to do and what the pastors want to do and the vision of the church, and I try to meld it all together to make an environment for our church to gather on Sundays, to sing, to worship, to listen, to learn, to fellowship, yeah. all those things. So It's a lot, and that's you do a lot of behind-the-scenes work here at the church that uh, no one else ever gets to see it happen, but 
those of us who work with you, we see it happen and uh, you do a lot and people just don't realize how much goes into the that one hour on a Sunday morning and there's right. a lot of different moving pieces. This is why I'm arguing that we go back to hymnals <laughs> and one piano player. All right, that's, well, that's what I'm fighting we'll, for. We'll take that under right. consideration yeah. and uh, I wouldn't put your money on the possibility, but it's, uh, new. But it's good. To, it's a good it's talk. Fresh. It's a revive. It really is. Yeah, it's a reinstall. Uh, the other thing is, so I am... The big life change is uh, I was single for 33 years. Yeah. And I met a beautiful lady here at the church, and we got married and became a family, which brought in a, um, at that time, a three or four year old. Gosh mm-hmm. dang it. I can't remember. She's around there. Yeah. Um, and now we also have a newborn son. Just a month, two months old? He's just a month. Just, just tish, Goodness. tish, tash over a month. Yeah. And how's that going for you? It is great. Sleep lately? Uh, luckily, my wife is super gracious, and she <laughs> she has been letting me. I try to help her, and when, yeah. and when I when when she knows it's something I can help with, she does. She does uh, right. Ask me for help. I get it. But yeah, my my wife was the same way. I mean, she just was amazing, and but at the same time, it's it's just amazing that whole process of having a baby, a, oh. God's creation, and how that all works. It's it isn't it. Well, just. Uh, pregnancy was less fun. Uh, the nine months was not a great time. Yeah. But watching my son being born was, I cannot think of a more amazing experience in my life. Yeah. Um, and then also just, yeah, I don't know, just being a, f- a family and growing and it has been, I, I can't, I'm on, I'm still on cloud nine for sure. And, and you're going to better understand this now. And I know you already have a little bit, but for me, I've learned more and understand more about this idea of God as father once I started having kids Mm. and just watching all those different pieces of that journey. I get it. Yeah. I mean, not fully, but I get it more now. And for you getting to watch Simon and every little change, every little new thing, it is so cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you. I love that uh, you and Elena, Got together. Oh, yeah. And for the journey that you're on with the two little ones. I can't believe she said yes. Uh, seriously. I mean, well, Mike likes to say he hired her just to get you to, oh. you know, but. Yeah, Mike, Mike wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, as uh, Mitch, I think that you know that uh, throughout the uh, this semester, the Men's uh, Holy Man podcast, we've been talking about communication. Mm talking about this gift of communication and also sometimes it's not a gift. Sometimes uh, we really stumble with it and we hurt each other with it. And, uh, and so we've been talking a lot about the different ways that we men can do better or the way we can help our relationships be better. So Mitch, as you think about communication in general, is there any way in particular that you know that this is one of the ways, whether it's uh, your family letting you know, whether it's Elena pointing this out to you, what is one specific way of communication where maybe you don't get it as right as you could? Mm. You mean like just communicating in the first place? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I think, well, again, going being a bachelor for most of my life, Yeah. Um, now I share a schedule with a, a, a group of- A family. People, a family. Yeah. So it's, um, it's sharing- things in advance, like, Hey, I would like to get to, I either have this thing with volunteers or I'd like to get together with Zach or Grant or someone and do this thing. And, um, communicating that not the day like, Oh, oh and by the way, I'm not, I, you know, yeah. I'm going to be, so I would say, um, 
that in general. And then communicate, I don't know, trying to communicate clearly. Yeah. Cause she's a woman, you're a man. That's just a problem right there. Yes. And uh, we think a little differently right. and so it's just all those different pieces. So yeah, it's a new adventure for you. Yeah. There's no doubt. And as Lydia and then Simon, as he, they grow up and get their schedules changing a little bit, it's oh, always something new. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. cool. Well, Mitch, I just want to share a passage here to get, kick us into this and it will play out a little bit in what we're going to be talking about today. And it's probably not a passage of scripture that most of us would have thought we're talking about communication, that this would be one, but it really is. It's kind of at the heart of it. And so I just want to share, this is out of Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse 14. And Paul is sharing this. He's just already been talking about God and God's presence in the church and saved by grace and all those different pieces of the puzzle. And then he's pulling this to a conclusion and he's wanting to pray over the church at Ephesus and this is what he says. Now, I want, want you to hear a little bit of how this applies to our communication with each other. Paul writes, starting in verse 14, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, that sounds pretty good right there. Uh, that, you know, from God's unlimited resources, he's praying that God's going to empower us through his spirit. And then it continues, verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then, here's, here's the cool part then. If all that happens, if, if we have that power from the Spirit, if we understand God's love, Paul then finishes here in verse 19, he says, Then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You're going to be made complete in the fullness of life. And then verse 20, this is where it really gets powerful for our communication. Now to now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. With his power in us, Mitch, we're able to do some things that just we just can't fathom, that we can't really think to do on our own, but through God's power we can do more. Right. Amen. Yeah. And to think about, as, as Paul prays this over the Ephesians, this prayer, it's a powerful word for us to realize of God's love, and who does God love but everyone? Mm-hmm. So that leads us into what we're going to be talking about today, Mitch, and, I, and you know, you're the ninth of these podcasts, and I'm not giving Ooh. you a light, easy one. No. I'm giving you two hard ones. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about uh, people, or us, I guess, when we are judgmental, mm. Or when we are self-deprecating. Mm. Yeah, they're not easy ones. No. And it's kind of funny because Grant and I were just laughing out in the hallway not too long ago here that he was walking down the hallway. He said something. I said, Grant, you know what you just did? He said, yeah, I know that. And you and, and he said you and he were just talking about this earlier this morning, this idea of self-deprecating and how it's funny how we can so easily do that. Right. Uh, so let me just make sure guys understand what we're talking about. Self-deprecating, if you don't know what that is, that's when we speak about ourselves 
as being little or no worth. We minimize what we bring to the table of life. And this can be disguised, you know, sometimes we disguise this as humility. We like to think, I'm just being humble and saying what we're saying. Right. But truthfully, this can come from many different directions. Uh, Sometimes our personality can be one that craves the limelight or attention. And so that we have learned that if someone compliments us, that if we deprecate ourselves, if we say that, ah, not really, I'm not that good, then they're going to say, we love you even more, or you're even great at this. And so we, we will self-deprecate to get others to compliment us more, to stroke our egos a little bit. Right. And sometimes it comes because we are wounded. True. You know, if others in the past have wounded us in some way out of that woundedness, because maybe we think we are failures, maybe we think we're dummies, or maybe we, you know, sometimes people think I'm always in trouble. And maybe it's because that somebody has told you that over and over again. So you're out of your woundedness, your brokenness, you think that way. And so you're always saying that about yourself because that's what you have been misguided to think. Right. So, so that's what self-deprecating is when we are doing that to ourselves and then judgmentalism. I think most of us understand that that's when we are judging others, when we are bringing them down by saying that they are not as good or, uh, just saying something against who they are. So, Mitch. Paul. (laughs) When you hear those two topics, what jumps into your mind? You get excited about Uh, this? I do. Uh, Because, well, I I don't know anyone who who doesn't struggle with at least one of these, if not both of these things. Yeah. And inside of your close relationships, or it doesn't matter, your work relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, these things can make life not fun. Yeah. They can make conversations not fun. They can make cultures not fun. So, Can you think of any moments in your oh, man. day uh, when you have uh, self-deprecated? Yes, I am a... for Two things. Yeah. I, I think self-deprecating jokes are funny. They can because be. Because you're not attacking someone else. And like so like I often will make fun of me being short. Okay. Because that's an easy thing. It's an easy one to throw out there and sure. ease tensions. Um, however, I am great at self-deprecating because I am not I'm not a incredibly confident person. I I doubt I it's easy for me to doubt my skills and my abilities and my preparedness, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's you say, oh, I just I suck or I'm not smart enough or not talented enough. I don't know. I so I yes. I'm very good at that. At I can be if I'm not careful, I can self-deprecate actually. Yeah, a lot. I can. I'm not good at that. And and I'm guilty as well. It's it probably. I mean, you. You. I see you do this at work, and that's kind of why I ask you to do this. Wow, sneaky, sneaky. I know uh, because I've seen you do this. Even though I know that you are really good at your job, I have heard you at different times when somebody has given you a an applause that you have deprecated yourself and and pointed downward. And so I've seen that. But at the same time, guilty is charged. Mm. Me too. Mine is more at home. Mm. And and Karen has called me on this. And unfortunately, she's done it a lot lately. I think the Holy Spirit was preparing me for doing this. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, and she's even asked me at one point, she says, what is it that wounded you in your past that causes you to say these things that make you think or let try to make others think that you're not 
a good dad or you're not a good husband when you are. And but yet those things come out of my mouth. And part of it, I think my mom, uh, she affirmed me more than I should have been. Mm. She was one of those moms that loved talking highly about her kids, Mm. probably too much. And so for me growing up, I began to crave it wanting my mom and wanting others, wanting mom to pointing out to others to get me that approval. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so because of that, I have some of those wounds that I'm looking for others instead of simply knowing that God created me to be a, a the person that I am. Right. And, and knowing that that's where it needs to begin. Mm. So, and as far as judging others, Mitch, we all, every single one of us has someone mm. out there that we prejudge. Oh, yes, Paul. And, you know, yes, I think of a time, a story back in my life. Uh, I was a pastor in a small church uh, earlier in my days, and uh, there was a very good fr- family in the life of our church that they loved us, we loved them, and they had a teenage daughter, and she started, I, Karen and I saw her, all of a sudden they were walking down the street to us, her and this new boyfriend, mm. and we loved Amanda. And all of a sudden she had this boyfriend next to her, and I prejudged him. I looked at, he was, you know, he was around 20 at that time. She was just about ready to graduate. And he had all of those little things that added up, added up to big things. He had hair that was different. He had a mustache probably. He, he, <laughs> he, had, a, he had a goatee. Okay. But he had uh, piercings. Oh, yeah. He had tattoos. He was dressed in, in a, just a different way, and he was from the Valley Over, oh, which oh, knowing oh. where we lived, yeah. it was like the Good Samaritan story. Yes. And so he lived from, he was part of that other community that was just not as good. And another. so I quickly judged him, prejudged him before I got to know him. And the amazing thing was, and I'm going to make this a long story short, uh, I eventually married them, did their wedding. And when I first actually started meeting him and getting to know this young man, man, he was a great Christian young man just because he looked different, Mitch. Right. It was so quick to prejudge and to, and to, to allow that to affect my thinking of him until I got to know him. Right. I should have trusted Amanda because yeah, she, she was a good kid sure, and she sure. was the one shopping for yeah, this young man. Kids can make some bad calls, Paul. Yeah, I know. But that was one of those moments. And I still specifically remember that. Yeah. I blew it. Yeah. Badly, I that I mean I I have similar th- stories to that for sure. But I I think one thing about judgment, and I don't know if this will be jumping it at all, but the thing the things that I judge the most harsh on are the things that I'm either insecure about or am already needing grace for. Huh. So if someone is not doing something, it's typically something that I'm frustrated with in my life, and I am projecting onto them. You should be doing that better. Mm. And I look back at myself and go, I. Ah, that's that. That was me. One I don't of those know. <laughs> moments when you're pointing the finger at someone else, yes. and you have those three fingers yes. pointing back at you. Yes. Yeah. How yeah. often that happens? A lot. Uh, yeah. You know, as we look at scripture, it's amazing. I don't know if you know this, Mitch, but there's a lot of messed up people in scripture. Yes. And there's a lot of people that do the things that we are talking about here today. So we can point to so many different people and to see how they got it wrong to help us better know how we can possibly get it better. For instance, the self-deprecating thing. Of all people, uh, Moses. Moses, probably one of the most influential people ever, not to mention one of the greatest leaders of other people 
ever. But he was a man who saw himself from a different perspective and he self-deprecated. Uh-huh. He was he talked down about himself, didn't think he was worth all of that. So we find this, in, it's in uh, Exodus chapter three and four. It's where God is meeting Moses at the burning bush, making, giving him his calling. This is what I want to do with you, God says. And Moses, as he's hearing God calling him to this great task that's in front of him, Moses says, no way, it can't be me. Uh, starting in verse nine, chapter three, it says, God is talking to Moses. He says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Holy cow. What a great calling. Uh, Huge. Yes. I mean, compared to what we do here, Mitch, uh, that's not quite as big as what Moses is being called to. They're all souls. You know? (laughs) I know, but. Yes. So how's Moses going to respond to this? This is what he says. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I'm going to be with you. And this is your sign that I'm going to be the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people to Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So God says, dude, it's me. I'm with you. Well, what does, how does Moses respond? Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And then later on, when God keeps trying to push him, even gives him signs and wonders to be able to do what he's going to do. But Moses, verse 10 of chapter four, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Mitch, it sounds like us. That's right. that's how you and I would talk right. back to God. I mean, yes. What are you thinking? It's yeah. me, God. Don't you know me? And then the Lord, I love this answer. The Lord asked Moses, who makes the person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It is I, the Lord. Now go, <laughs> you bonehead. Seriously. Bonehead, that's my extra right, words yes, there, Mitch. That's the Paul But that revised. Paul revised standard yeah. version. But that's what God is saying. You bonehead, pay attention. It's me. I created. I can do this. I know. But doesn't it feel like it feels, it, that part feels super familiar. Like, I don't know what I would say if I was talking to God. Yeah. I think also I would feel a little unworthy. Like, yeah, I know that you built all this. I know this is all yours and that you're with me. However, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Because uh, I do that with, yeah. I do a normal day life with relationships. We do. So um, I understand. So I, and I that's get with it. the relationships that we, but this right. is God. I know. You should, you'd I think know. you'd take God at his word. Right. You would think so. How frustrated do you think God gets with us, Mitch? I, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine it's quite a bit. But like you said earlier, the, the people in the Bible, they took grace. They did. So, so I, they did. He also has he has grace. You know, a book that I read not too long ago, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, uh, that speaks to this of us needing to understand who we are in Christ or who we are, the created people that we are, that God created us so amazingly. It's a book that's uh, it was written by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. It's called Fearfully and Wonderfully 
the marvel of bearing God's image. Uh, so if any of you are out there really struggling with self-image, really you deprecate a lot just because of maybe the wounds that you've received, it's just a great book. I have it on my shelf. If you want to borrow it from me, if you want to purchase it, it's called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Uh, and it's just, it's a doctor who works with lepers and a great theologian just looking at how God created us, these bodies of ours, the personalities that we have, and how amazing we really are. Right. So you know, it has to start there of seeing who we are in Christ Jesus to help us do better. Uh-huh. So again, Moses... It makes me a little, feel a little bit better that Moses self-deprecated, Mitch, that we're in good company. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> exactly. That's where that's where my hope comes my help comes from. I'm like, okay. Yeah. As I see these human. people in scripture that were great godly leaders and oh, yeah. did great things, but yet they're a little messed up and broken. It gives me great courage. Yes. All right. Well, uh, as far as the judging others then, Mitch, uh, there's so many places where we can see people in Scripture judging others. One of those places, Jesus dealt with the uh, the Pharisees quite regularly. Uh-huh. And in one of the stories in Matthew chapter 9, uh, we find Jesus calling the uh, the disciple Matthew. Now, Matthew was a tax collector, one of the hated individuals in that time period. And so we find this starting in verse nine, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other dis- disreputable sinners. Oof. They're, that's bad. That's Mitch. bad. That's it's bad. Not great. <laughs> but when the Pharisees, these are the religious leaders, these are the big kahunas in the church. But when they saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now, that's not my words. That's the New Living Translation yes. of the Bible. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? So they are looking at these individuals who Jesus is calling, who Jesus is, and table time back in that time period, that was big stuff. Right. Who you sat down and had a meal with was big time. Yes. Jesus is eating with them. So when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Mm. So Mitch, Mm. so we see these Pharisees, again, the people in this time period would have looked at the Pharisees like they had their act together, that they knew what they were talking about, but yet they prejudged these individuals. Uh-huh. I think we all have a little prejudging in our hearts. And I know you said it here just a little bit ago that sometimes that you, you're prejudging people that are that make you think of your own struggles. Yeah, shortcomings. I don't uh, and, but yet at the same time, I think we all have some prejudging. And so the question that we have to think about here is, who are some of those individuals that maybe we prejudge when we shouldn't, when we should look at them from God's perspective instead of our own broken, wounded, socialized, in this society that we live in, messed up mindset? Right. Yeah. Um, we all have fallen. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We really have. That means that, means that no one is excluded from, from that. No, none of us. Right. Uh, so... Yes. Well, let's look at it this perspective, Mitch, and maybe for you guys and any ladies out there that are listening as well, have you ever, and I know the answer is yes, can you remember a time, let me ask it this way, when you were judged by someone else? For sure. As you think of one of those moments, 
how, what did that do to your heart? How did that feel to you when you were the one being judged for whatever reason it was? Mm. It, well, for my personality, it kind of, it will, uh, sometimes it'll make a false positive where I say, see, yep, I am, I am what they are. Yeah. I, am, I am what they're saying about me. Yeah. But I'm not. But, yet, but because of because of my personality and the self deprecation part, I can I can say, well, if that's how you're judging me, then that's you must not be wrong. Like that is who I am. Yeah. Uh, not and sure. so and so for any of these moments, I mean, you think so. On the flip side, then if that's how I feel, and that's if that's what it does to me, or that's what it does to you, then let's flip it. How should I re- look at the other people that are out there in front of me? How should I treat them? Hmm. Because every time it, it hurts us, whether we are self-deprecating or receiving it to allow the self-deprecation to happen, or whether it's just more wounds that we're receiving because of people talking that way about us, either way, it's hurting the person that God created and said, this is good. Right. So what does that do then for when we're doing it to someone else? Mm. Whether they know about it, because sometimes it's just us judging them in our hearts. Oh man, yes, for sure. I think that's probably, that's an easy one right there. It really is, yeah. because even if we never walk up to that person because we've prejudged them, that doesn't that keep us from doing what God calls us to? Right. Building relationships? Right. You're just building up walls and potentially resentment, anger. You're not making healthy relationships if you're judging someone without them knowing. No. Yeah. Not great. Mitch, do you have any place, <clears throat> as you think of these two issues that we have when we are either hurting ourselves or hurting others, the, these creations that God made, fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you have any certain scripture passages that you go to, that you ponder, that you think about, that have helped you maybe in these areas that you can share with the guys out there? Um, well, I do. I think a, 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 one that is for sure is, I, I believe it's out of Romans, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great one just for the that... Um, Judgment-wise, like, you're not perfect. Your brother's not going to be perfect. Um, we've all fallen short. We all need that grace that is extended to us. Um, but um, the speck, like, I don't know why you're worried about some speck in some guy's eye when you have a log in your own. Um, yeah. And that is just, yeah. That that, we works. don't want the log to cause us to self-deprecate, right. of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But... <clears throat> that's a huge one. That's actually one that I'm going to have the guys discussing a little bit oh, when they get into their life group. So that's a great one to mention for you guys to start pondering that a little bit. That's out of Matthew uh, chapter seven, I think it's in the Sermon on the Mount. And yeah, uh, Jesus is just helping us to better see we need to change our perspective mm-hmm. on how we look at others. Because again, those three fingers are pointing back at us, but we also have to see us from our own perspective. And that leads me and the passage that I just wanted, it's, this is a passage that is a mic drop Ooh. because, well, Jesus has asked the question. Uh, it's in, um, again, in Matthew chapter 22, and Jesus is asked the question, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So wouldn't that be a mic drop? Mm-hmm. You're asking Jesus what's most important. Well, right. I want to pay attention to that because that sounds important to me. So Jesus replied, number one, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And for any Jewish person, they would have said, yeah, that's what they call the Shema back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I believe. Uh, you know, that's the, the end all. 
That's what they all knew. That's the most important. Love God above everything else. But then get what Jesus says next. A second, though, well, first he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. But then in verse 39, he says, a second is equally important. Now, the word equally there says something to us. Uh, yes, I would I think so. Love God. Right. That what's something there's something else equally important to that. What is it? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. That's a mic drop. That is a mic drop. Be- especially the word equally there, because you know, loving God, that's ultimately that has to be our first heart's desire. But Jesus says, no, that's not it. If we only love God without carrying out the other part of the greatest commandment, we are missing out on what loving God actually looks like. Yeah, well, big time. So how do, how does this apply then to both self-deprecating and the judgmental thing in our lives, Mitch? To love God, how do we love others? But first we have to love ourselves, because that's part of this command, love others the way we love ourselves. So, Mitch, love yourself. Mm, that is difficult sometimes. It is. <laughs> I know, and that, but that's the heart of where this has to begin, to to go against that self-deprecating thing. When we are, you, you think about it, we're telling others that this person that God created, that He died for, that He loves unconditionally, that I'm not worth as much, that I'm not as good at something. Right. That's where. Yes, and you're exactly right. And that's where it comes. That's where it comes in that you've been. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Christ died on the cross. Um, and you are the beneficiary of that. Like he did that for you because you are of high enough value for him to do that. He made you for specific reasons. He made you the he made you the yeah. way he made you. So when you're if you're self-deprecating, you're you are you're saying like, well, God, I wish you had done your work differently. Better. Yeah. Why didn't you do a better job, right. God? And so it's a it it's just a in you want like in a you we need the weaknesses. We need the weaknesses so that we can rely on God. Like when Moses, like, I can't speak. God's like, there's going to be signs. I'll be with you. There's going to be, I will give you words. Yeah. Like we need, we can't be perfect and we shouldn't have any desire to be perfect. Um, just resting in our identity in Christ is, it's huge. It's a very big part. And, to pull, have to, and it's one thing, I agree with you completely. I mean, we need to look at our weaknesses. We all have them. I, I like to call them growth areas. Yes, <laughs> for sure. But... But to be able to pull alongside somebody that we trust and have a conversation with them about our growth areas or weaknesses and how can we do better in that. But when we're self-deprecating, like, you know, someone I just heard earlier today made the statement, uh, I have always been wrong my entire life, mm. which is not true at all. Right. And so, you know, to, to catch ourselves in that and to realize, no, I've done a lot of good things. Exactly. God has used me in amazing ways. Right. So celebrate those. Yes, realize, okay, I made a mistake this time. I didn't get it as right as I could. I live with that. Yep. And I simply move on and do better the next time. Yeah, that's right. And then also to love others then. To, if, if that is equally as important as loving God, to love others, the whole idea of judging them, ouch. Mm-hmm. Dang. Because again, judging others keeps me from loving them, right. prejudging them, keeps me from building those relationships that God wants us to, uh, to live. So Mitch, do you have any... Okay, we, we looked at scripture. Practically, 
Do you have anything for the guys out there for in either of these areas that maybe you could share with them to maybe do better that we can maybe teach ourselves how to do better as well? Man. Uh, well, the, no, I don't have any other than for me, I'll just say it for me. Well, that's, that's good because we learn from, from ourselves yeah. and we can help others. That it just takes, it takes a con, well, it takes me praying. It takes me having, um, like quiet, like a quiet time, which, which is interesting enough. Sometimes my quiet time makes me more frustrated throughout the day for some reason. <laughs> can. The Satan. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, quiet time back on point. Um, that, uh, it just, it's, it's a constant thing where I'm not going to get it right. I'm not going to get the self-deprecating correct every day. I'm not going to get the judging other people correct every day. But it's knowing that hope, I mean, hopefully I'm walking with Jesus. Hopefully I'm trying to become more like him every day. So when I catch myself with my family becoming judgmental or, you know, not communicating in the best way possible. Well, let me ask you this, Mitch. I mean, taking us back to the very first passage that I shared out of Ephesians, <clears throat> where Paul talked about our roots going down deep mm, I like into that Jesus. Lot. Gosh, I like that. Because it's when we are willing to have that quiet time and to allow our roots to go down into Jesus deeply, allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work, because it's in doing that, that that's where that power comes from, God's power. Mm-hmm. That Because if, if we're not, we're going to rely on our own power. Right. And our own power is going to be self-deprecating and going to be judging others. Mm-hmm. But if we allow God's power, what does he say in verse 20? He can do exceedingly more than what we could ever dream or imagine. Mm. But if we're ignoring him, right? So you're trying to do it on your own. Yeah. So your quiet time is so huge; it prepares you for the day. And yes, sometimes Satan can throw darts at you and mm-hmm. and wound you, even as you spend time with that. But yet, it's just, Holy Spirit stronger than Satan. Correct. Amen to that for sure. And so we can keep relying on the Holy Spirit of working through that. Mm-hmm. So cool. So guys, this it's foundational having those habits regularly, daily, where you allow your roots go down deep and with Jesus. I love that so much. Gable Another, Price, Gable Price has a has a line about roots going deep. So the little Gable Price plug right there. Okay. So watch, yeah, listen to Gable Price. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, again, like the book I already mentioned, Fearfully and Wonderfully, there's another, if you're a lady out there listening, or if you're a guy that wants to help, help if you have a wife that struggles with any of this, my wife uh, led a group through the book called Captivating. Uh, John and Stacy Eldridge wrote that book a few years ago. It's this whole di- idea that God created you and you are captivating in, in the way that you were created. And so it's just a great book. You know, to read great books to help us to learn who we are and whose we are right. can help us beyond scripture. I mean, scripture's first, but yet great authors that write us, write books to help us better know how we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, another fun thing, Mitch, do you know the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know? Yes. It's a simple song. Hopefully we teach our kids that. We sing it almost every night, Paul. There you go. Well, think about how important that song is to let it go into our heart. Mm. Jesus loves me, this I know, period. Right. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Because to for us to learn that, that he loves me, hopefully will lead us to not want to deprecate that what Jesus loves. Right. And also, as we think about Jesus loving all those other people in front of us, hopefully it'll keep us from judging them as well. It's a simple song. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is to uh, maybe... Find yourself in the gospel story. Sometimes I do this where I'll read a story like Zacchaeus. 
Zacchaeus, that wee little man. Uh, I wasn't saying that because you said earlier that... Right, see? So he's that I wasn't saying that, Mitch. (laughs) But the Zacchaeus, more importantly, he was a tax collector and he was an an awful dude in his community. And so I I find myself sometimes placing myself and just seeing how Jesus interacted with that man, how Jesus loved even that man. And if Jesus loved that man, what does he do for me? Mm. How, where, how would Jesus meet me if I was finding myself in that scriptural story? Mm. Yeah, I'm reading through Luke. Luke, so many great places and, there. Yes, and but but I, I think to your point is I just see Jesus interacting with with broken people, and he, it's always so much grace for the people who say, I need you. There's so, there's so much love there. Uh, and they don't get it right. Like Mike's talking about acts and it's, there's, there's times when, when the apostles and elders of the church, um, sometimes start to be like, man, maybe we should still have this work or not that work. Yeah. Like they don't get it right either. My point, but sorry, my, but just seeing Jesus meet people where they're at, None of them had to be perfect. He just needed, they needed to be willing to follow him. Yeah. And, he, and it and changed he, our lives for, it just. And he showed them a, his self-esteem was pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's I would, God. Right. Yeah. And so he probably didn't self-deprecate too much. Nope. So they showed what a person who was sure of who he was, mm. the created man that he was, how he lived, but also then how you interact with people, how to love your neighbor. Right. I mean, you think about Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan story, where Jesus was asked the question, well, who is my neighbor? Well, glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And by the way, I'm going to show you, it's that person that you prejudged. It's that person that you have that prejudice against. Right. And by the way, that's a person who you need to love. Right. So, right. you know, Jesus shows us how to walk with other people, even those people, especially those people that we have prejudged in our life for whatever reason that we had. Right. So, you know, do a self-analysis maybe uh, and think through who are those people over the course of my life that I have prejudged? Is What was it? And we, cause we prejudge for just about anything. Right. Oh, yes, for sure. We judge, people, we judge people who judge. We really do. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> and so to think, do a self-analysis, find out, think about, who are those people that I prejudge? And then ask the question, what does God think of that person? Mm. And how then, if I'm supposed to follow Jesus, how now do I live in light of that? Holy mackerel, Mitch. This is deep stuff. I, like I said, I didn't save the easy one for you. No, no that, this is, it's a, it is a tough one and it's a, it's a great one. And if any of you men out there are perfect at this, oh, wow, uh, I want you to come to my life group because I want to meet Jesus. Right. Because <laughs> none of us are perfect at this. We well, all I will argue you come to our life group because I want to. <laughs> well, seriously, we, we all want to see that yes. because we all struggle with this in different ways at different levels at different times. Right. And so, uh, you know, for Mitch, one of the things I've been ending my podcast with is a prayer out of uh, Psalm 19, because this is, this is a prayer that if we pray this regularly going into every moment, we have a chance. Okay. It's kind of like our roots going down deep mm. into Jesus. It is, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. So not just the actions, but also deeper, my heart. Mm. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. So guys, that's a that's a great prayer, and I invite you to keep praying that. We have one more week of this uh, season that we're in, and uh, so I will be back next week. 
And uh, Mitch, thank you so much. Hey, for thanks for having me. me. And uh, and again, if you want to check out uh, what is the podcast you and Zach do again? The Fractioned Heart. Fractioned Heart. You can find that in all the same places: Apple, Spotify. So check yep. those things out. And uh, and they they talk about a lot of fun things. But uh, but guys, it is good being with you. And uh, may we continue to be on this journey of allowing the Holy Spirit of God to keep on us on a journey of becoming holy men. 